Hello, welcome back. DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here, Tom Jacobs, my friend. We're coming off a heck of an open championship, man. Uh, what a last four days that was. St. Andrews was an absolute butte. Cameron Smith with out of the year. Um, I mean, yeah, I think him and JT's at the PGA, probably the two rounds of the year. Your your thoughts on what we saw over the weekend? So I didn't see Saturday. So full disclosure, I was out Saturday uh, afternoon, evening, and, and didn't see the Saturday, which was as a Cam Smith backer, it was it was kind of hard to check in on his score and see that everyone was kind of shooting on the bar. He shot one over, right? So that was my first kind of fear. And I was watching the final round of Rory and. The front nine, I just felt like he'd done it, like, already. Like, I just thought, like, even though the putts weren't dropping, like, he looked so in control. He wasn't making stupid decisions. He was, you know, putting where he should have putted instead of chipping. He was, you know, driving where he should have been driving. But he makes that turn and, like, I mean, what happened? Like, everything was just drive a wedge and, like, was it seven holes he went without a birdie? I think in the end, like, 11 or eight holes, 11 to 18. Like, it's just, it's, it's just not good enough. And, like... I know people will say like he didn't make a mistake and Cam Smith kind of took it. And, and I get that. I'd say that's probably 70% of the reason, but there's so of it that like, he just wasn't good enough. Like if you can't birdie, I know he had to Eagle the last, which kind of changed the way he played it. And but like, if you can't birdie one of the par fives, one of the par fours and the 18th from the back and, and kind of take it back in control that I think is a problem. Yeah. It was like, it was a predetermined way he was going to play. And he stuck with it all 18, you know, and probably a roll or two away from it working out, yeah. you know, and that's the tough part. And then we would sit here and, and say, how good was that? You know, he just played uh, absolutely exactly like, like he needed to. Yeah. And that was and, what I was ready to say after like the front line. Like I was like, this is surgical. Like as a Cam Smith backer, I was like, this is over. Like the way he's playing is great. Um, you know, this is the most composed I've seen him in you know, major contention in a long time. And to be honest, really, he hasn't, as much as it's been such a long time since he's won a major, he's not really had as good a chance as he had on Sunday, I don't think, for, for a long time, certainly as long as I can remember. So, like, as much as, you know, we expect him to win them, he hasn't really, you know, had that in his grasp for a long time. So, um, and I felt like that showed on the back nine, like, unfortunately for him. And, I, and is it good in his press conference that he was saying um, that the better man just won and, and it felt good? Maybe. Uh, I don't know if that's kind of covering up the cracks a little bit. I don't know. It, it, it'll all tell when we see how he performs at Augusta in, in April when he's got the next chance to do it. I mean, it, it very. I saw someone, but I can't remember who it was, so you know, forgive me if you're if you're watching, but someone tweeted, I hope it's like a Adam Scott moment where he kind of has the, the 2012 Open and 2013 Masters, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't, because it doesn't feel like he really threw it away. It just felt like he didn't execute when he should have done yeah, yeah. It's not like you can say classic Rory in the way that we've seen at other times. I mean, the year was it's it's hard. Like, I mean, the only way he can say it was any the only way so much of us so many of us will say it was a good year for him was whether or not he won a major. And we yeah. winning golf is hard, you know. But Cam straight up took it. Like unbelievable, good for him. Like, like so like that was deserving, especially after uh, it's probably a good thing you didn't see Saturday, Tom. I mean, it was, yeah. you just I mean, saw the, the excellence. He, he, he lost strokes, right, on, on putting, which was a complete, you know, difference to, to what he'd been doing previously. But, like, I just, I don't know. It, it just felt like, like, even like Cam Young, like, just clutched up towards the end. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if he can do it, I know there's less scar, but it's like a scar tissue now. Like, it felt like if he if he had won yesterday it's almost like a new lease of life. Like he, he won four or five very quickly straight out of the gates, had no scar tissue. Then when it started becoming a little bit more difficult, expectations were rising. That's when he struggled. Um, and then it felt like if he could have just won yesterday when he had a really good chance to do it and was in control, then we go again and here comes four or five more and stuff. Now it feels like there's some question marks, which is tough. But like you say, it's literally probably two or three putts away from, you know, three in the end from, you know, just completely changing that outcome. I mean, the way he played for the first three days was was great, right? So um, I, I don't want to dog on Rory too much. Um, otherwise, I think it was quite nice to see some of the names. I know Victor struggled on the Sunday, but it was great to see him kind of back in contention. I think it was good for him to have that first experience of, of being in a final group, um, a major championship. And then we just saw some guys that, you know, people have kind of given up on for, 
for a little while. You know, Bryson was there, DJ was there, um, Ansa was there. They obviously all share something in common, which we we don't really need to go into today. But you know, like they've they've showed that there is still life in them, and you know that's probably a good thing for the majors and maybe a bad thing for everything else. I'm not sure. Well, I would say, um, you know, the one thing they have in common, of course, is same as what Henrik Stenson now has in common. So if Ryder, Ryder Cup, you're listening, Tom and I are available. We will step yeah. up. We will captain the team. Please give me a couple like additional selections to have, um, you know, to fill out the roster. So what they should do is they should that. make it mandatory to pick an Italian player. Yeah, and then, I mean, and then your decision is more justified. Yeah, who are they going to pick? Filippo Celli after yeah, uh, yeah it's got to be him, right? <laughs> yeah. it, can't be the, it can't be the other guy, get it? So, uh, yeah, um, but no, uh, yeah, man, it's just a sad time in the, the world of golf when it immediately comes the topic again after an amazing open championship. But like that, that's the worst thing, right? Is it like I've you know, we, I've had my opinions on it, and when there wasn't so much going on, but like the greatness of what he achieved yesterday is overshadowed by the rumours leaking. And if I'm completely honest, I think this situation was probably done six months ago. I think there was probably an Australian team already, sort of like we've got the South Africans, I think they were just waiting for the Tour Championship to be done. Um, and then you'll see Scott, Leishman, Cam and Day, or, or whoever the four are, um, come over. Um, but now they've managed to leak it earlier because it's the most relevant time to do it. So um, it's tough. But, um, you know, as we see with fields like this this week and, and both tours, it's, uh, it's, it's a struggle. You know, in the struggle comes opportunity for us exactly to, to find some winners, you know, like at the end of the day, it, it does still, um, you know, means these guys are teeing up more guys that are getting spots in this event. I'm, I, we have a couple more challenge tour guys um, this week than usual, which I like, you know, it does provide yep. um, some interesting stuff for these guys. And I think that's actually one of the ways I think the solution to the PGA tour can be is involving, you know, the, the corn fairy tour guys more involving DP world tour guys, like the challenge tour guys get these opportunities this week and do have a, a category status um, that's deeper down the, the the list that they get those shots versus, um, you know, some of the, the older guys who, who may have some dated exemptions. I mean, who have been the best storylines recently? I mean, you had Chris Gosser up, you had the gala, you yep. had, Cameron Young yesterday, like these are all guys that are a year removed or not even removed from the Corn Ferry Tour yet. You've got Cole Hammer this week in the 3M Open that'll be looking to do the same sort of thing. Um, they're the lifeblood, really. You know, it, you know, in terms of players 30 and above, you know, they've all got decisions to make. These guys that are coming straight off the you know tour and, and not been picked yet are, uh, you know, they're they're the life and soul. So, um, like you say, there's definitely some challenge tour opportunities this week. There's a couple that we agree on, or at least one I think that we agree on. So. Um, you know, that's great to see. And yeah, I think, like you say, that there does come an opportunity. I think the odds are not great this week, but like, there's definitely some intriguing plays that you can get involved in this week. Yep. Yep. And I think with that, let's r- r- run right over to the Kazoo Open. I think, what, so the last time we saw this would have been, it was 2019, right? Um, and it was the Betfred British Masters um, yep. at the time, won by Marcus Kinhold in a surprising fashion. Um, you know, he was really coming on to the scene in some ways. Uh, you know, he's played at Hillside Golf Club, hosted by Tommy Fleetwood that week. Um, and Kinhold, I think he birdied the last, um, right? Or did they go into a playoff and then he won? Um, it was it was a tight finish. I remember Bob he, was in the mix. He, Matt he Wallace birdied the was last, in the mix. He birdied the last two after bogey and the two before that. Okay, so yeah, so then Matt Wallace is right in the mix. Um, the the memory that I have, Tom. So at the time, I lived in in Phoenix. Um, so these events were, you know, teeing off at like 10 p.m. my time. So in order to watch the leaders, you had to get up about two, three in the morning. Um, Saturday of maybe it was Saturday. It had to be Saturday because he was in the mix. The golfer who got to play with Tommy Fleetwood was Guido Migliazzi. Guido was like in somewhat of the mix after 36 holes. And all I can remember is I woke up at three in the morning to watch this and they would show Tommy, but I would have to look for the ball mark on the green. Um, if, if, you know, Guido had a good shot or not, it was before shot trackers before anything. So I definitely probably should have had a couple hours of sleep because I believe Guido definitely fell back from contention that week. But I do also remember the electric finish, Bob, this was kind of coming out stages for Robert McIntyre. 
um, early on there, finding that um, kind of himself in the mix. Then he lost to Burn a couple of weeks later. Um, you know, it was really kind of a stretch run there. So it did bring in some long shots, and especially with a field like we have this week, it's just an interesting overall way you can kind of go for it bob i mean being um you know right there at the top uh, of the odds boards there with olive becker romaine lingosk is there anybody up top um that really calls your name so i actually wanted to bet robert mcintyre which is you know something i don't ever say and you know we've been in unison we've been hard on him the last we, couple of weeks yeah. we have right and um but he was really positive uh, at the open and you know again i, I felt like he was probably telling themselves things that he wanted to hear rather than what he needed to hear. But like he's got a new coach, which explains maybe why the, uh, you know, the, the inconsistencies are there. I think it's Eddie Pepperell's coach or he's, I mean, by the way, his coach is called Simon Shank. So that's never the greatest, uh, you know, omen, but uh, yeah, he, he was there. And then I just saw the 12 to one. It was very quick to, uh, to draw through it. He's just not that good to demand that kind of price. Um, and then the other guy was Jorge Campillo, who, is in different areas of the odds board, depending on where you shop. But like, he was probably the other guy that I was really mainly considering Along, alongside maybe Richie Ramsey. But I think when you start getting sort of 20 to one Richie Ramsey, you know, I think we're probably uh, past that stage of his career. See, I am laying a hammer up here, Tom. It's been a while since probably dabbled somebody um, this short in the odds, but it really feels like Thriston Lawrence has just been on a very, very strong stretch of golf that I hoped he might get a little bit overlooked in the odds because his finishes didn't really round up. Again, they're at the PGA Tour and the major championship level, 24th of the Scottish Open, 42nd at the Open Championship, inside the top 20 after two rounds. It was like, okay, you know, like Thriston is is really kind of showing a different elevation of the game. Um, Third at the Irish Open leading into that too. So it was all of that kind of accumulating. And again, odds are shorter. I think the longest you could probably get him might be 22. He opened at 25 um, at DraftKings Sportsbook and then was kind of bet down a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think I'm willing, like there's two golfers that both fit to me in the sense of what I've seen from the absolute trends of the best guys right now on the DB world tour. And when, when we're in a set like this, you know, I, I just have to bet them. The numbers are going to be bad. They're going to plug your nose and kind of get that. And I, and I think Thriston Lawrence for me was 100% that clear cut from this top cut of the board. Yeah. I mean, look, we, you know, we talk about it quite a lot, you know, on tour tips, they do the adjusted score for kind of field strength, right. And over the last eight weeks, Thriston Lawrence is number one in, uh, in the, uh, you know, form charts and, and a car you're going to come on later is number two. So um, certainly you've got to weigh that up. And like you said, like it was, it would have been nice if you look at the form figures of 36, third, 24, 42, and you think you can get a decent price, but it just so happens that everybody else is, uh, is, is wildly uh, disappointing. But it was quite funny earlier that I was looking through the strokes gain approach numbers and it had, I was like, oh, Marcus Armitage's first in strokes gain approach last week. How is that possible when he finished like 50th? Uh, and then I realised that everybody was listed as first in straight scan approach that made the cut. So uh, that was good fun. But uh, that, that took five minutes of my uh, process, uh, you know, out of the way. But uh, yeah, it, I do understand the Tristan Lawrence thing. Like he's just playing, we see it all the time, right? Like I don't think people necessarily adjust for field strength too much in their, you know, in their plans. Like if you see current form of 36, 34, 42nd, he's so uh, solid, but it doesn't look like he's going to win anytime soon. And actually they're, you know, really good company. And now he's dropped down into to something remotely poor. So um, yeah, I think that, that Lawrence is a good bet. I just, I don't know. I just didn't get there in the end. Yeah. And, and we know like he's a winner. He, he's like competed, like he was these odds and lower in the Sunshine Tour events every time he's yeah. kind of teeing up, you know? So like he, he has it in him i think it but yeah i don't i don't disagree that it's um i mean none of these numbers are are like no. that stomach it's consistent across the board that there's like there's no there's no one that really stands out so like it doesn't really matter like would you rather if, if you think someone's going to win i'd rather have a 21 21 winner than than not win so it, yeah. it seems really pointless to avoid it so um yeah i like the rest of the rounds. I guess your card really is starting um, a bit deeper than mine. I guess I'll kind of fill up. Um, let's see who's shortest of the two um, here. Let me see. And I guess we didn't really talk um, all that much about, I guess what well, these guys are 50 to one, but about golfers playing in the Barbasol and Barracuda. I, I'm proud. I'm, I'm pretty proud of how our, our DP world tour guys kind of showed up to both of those events. Um, 
Should have had a win in the first one. Um, the Cuda first round like was littered with VP World Tour guys up at the top of the board. I really thought Stableford would help them out with the amount of doubles and triples and quads that they like to mix in um, at times. But, um, you know, it, it was, I would say, a good showing overall for the DP World Tour in those both those events um, where the back end of the PGA Tour is, is just not as talented as what some of these cream of the crop guys uh, in the, I guess, level down of the DP World Tour is. Do you have any um, apprehension on getting on any of them after the travel back? I know it's not easy um, probably to go from America over there on a Monday um, and then tee it right up, but they, they can golf. Not, not not necessarily. I think I think if they'd have had the troubles traveling back, they probably would have had them going out right, and, they, and then they didn't seem to like they went straight over there and played really well. So um, I don't think so. Um, I think that that is fine. Like you know, did you know that Hurley Long was called Chris? Did you see this earlier? I saw somebody. This, I saw. This, this, I see ben, ben tweeted it. Yeah, and I thought he was joking, but, but then no. I thought for a second because. Because there's a like a football player, Chris Long. Um, yeah. So I just assumed, but I'm like, man, does ben, ben doesn't like follow the NFL. No, he doesn't know enough enough at all. to no. know like who Chris Long is. No, that would be very niche. No, his name is Chris, and his middle name isn't even really Hurley. It's like in German or something. And he, yeah, he just calls himself Hurley, which I thought was amazing. Isn't that the guy at a lost? Is his name Hurley? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Let's see. I thought but he, finishes, was... but he finished fourth and seventh. So to circle back to your point, like he finished fourth and seventh yes. in two BJ Tour events, which is you know pretty decent showing, as, as was Hella Kilda. Does does he get? He doesn't get a spot start though, does he? Because it's an alternate event. They don't give him the. I don't think so, unless they because... change it because it's kosher. Because it's now I don't know. Because he, he was in the Monday qualifier field. Um, but he's not anymore. Um, he was going to tee it up there um, and play. But, yeah, unfortunately, he um, isn't in there anymore. But, yeah, some of these guys now do have an opportunity um, for, for Corn Ferry Tour finals, potentially, or if they can really make a run at sponsors exemptions. Like the other one I mentioned, Dean Burmeister, like Dean with back-to-back. That was one of our better calls, too, of last week. Very interested by Dean um, and, and showed out. He played exceptionally well. Um, and so him back to back, I think 11th, um, really, really strong. And, and why I ask all this, because, um, one of the other guys, there's two guys here at 50 to one that I'm intrigued at, uh, 51's ones, their, their deepest odds, um, available here stateside. First one will be Sean Crocker, Bet Crocker last week at the Barracuda, um, Bet Crocker at, uh, probably, well, I mean, he was Pretty in good. the bet of the week. What was it <laughs> at the Porsche? Um, yeah. and so like we were intrigued there and then, you know, I think the back and forth, I mean, with the first radar, he shows up for us. He pops a little bit in Sudal or at the Sudal open and then, then qualifies for the U S open flies back to Germany, flies back to the U S terrible weeks. And then he shows some life again, BMW horizon, make cuts, really good irons, Scottish open. I believe he's inside the top 20, if not the top, I think top 10 early, but like top 20 after the first round of the Scottish open did not perform well the rest of the way. Then comes over, plays a Barracuda finishes 13th. Um, just a lot of life out of Sean Crocker recently. And he is somebody who can win on some big stages. You know, we know his game is, is very, very strong uh, when it's at kind of all cylinders. So I just think, again, consistent life out of him is something it's going to be a lot. It's, it's a lot to go there and back in, in yeah. two weeks and to play, but I don't know. It just stands out to me from an opportunity standpoint. I think Crocker is the first one. And then the second one, if I, if I'm talking about, like bang on form numbers still okay you know from the standpoint Sammy Valamaki might be here man he he comes out three consistent weeks his T24 at the Scottish Open Tom that was good that, that was, was good, good. It, it was it was a little sad I mean like those are the calls that you make and it's like you know it doesn't pay off in the same same aspect as of course hitting in each way or hitting a place bet and but man 24th that, that's probably realistically outside of his win like the best event he's ever played, right? Yeah, which, is, which is really which is wild for someone like him, right? But like, I think you know, I sort of choked that it should have come of a warning when when you put him up at the, the Scottish Open, right? But like, he's he's backed it up now. Like fourth, thirtieth, twenty fourth in three straight weeks is is really good, and he 
like to Crocker and to him and to you know Thurston Lawrence like they're in better field so you know you, you have to kind of take that with more uh stock it will put more stock into it right and I think I think with him so I think you say about the travel and does it matter I think it matters to others more I think it's a mental thing that like do you think Sean Crocker would struggle more and you know I'm thinking about when he struggled after the US Open because he ultimately is from the United States ultimately wants to live out there has to leave his family to come back home to Europe whereas guys that have been out to America see it as a as a vacation and, and a golf week and then come back home. Do you know what I mean? Like it, maybe there's just something about the mentality of coming home versus coming back over to Europe to play again when you when you really just ultimately want to be in America. Maybe something like that. But I mean, for a guy that's dedicated his whole career so hard to, to playing in Europe, I, I suppose that's probably not an issue. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, we could probably overthink it. At the end of the day, they're all teeing it up on Thursday. They, yeah. There's probably a lot more that have different conditions and things going on that we have no clue about that, you know, you, you will never know. So, no. um, but yeah, I, I just, I love everything Valamaki is trending. He played exceptional on the final round of the Scottish Open. I believe he shot the round of the day or one of the, like he had the best irons. Uh, he was, he was like, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. If you compare those irons with what we know in a really, really good putter, that's kind of what gets it done here is just, you can't overpower all that much. You've got to putt well, you've got to strike it well. And, and that's where he's been trending the most is those three categories. And he finally got it off the tee a little bit. Um, and to have those numbers against, you know, some of the best in the PGA tour, like, and to get him at fifties, fifties again, man, like I, I think I'm definitely pushing the chips in and Sammy. To me, this is one of those ones I just couldn't get over the, I guess you call it sticker shock or whatever. Like he's gone from like 400 to one to 40 over here. And I was like, I just can't do it. Like, yeah. and then, and I'm going to be the, the person to the wrong. So it really doesn't matter. But like, yeah, he was the second best round of the day. Uh, in the final round of Scottish Open, Jason Scrivener shot 65. And then there's Whedon How, Kitty Armour, Valamaki, Mitchell shot 66. So not bad company on that final day. Um, I think it's good. I think, I think he's playing really well. And, you know, if we'd have said a year ago, Valamaki's 50 to one when he's trending, you, you would be really happy, wouldn't you? So um, I suppose you just got to kind of take away the field strength, take away everything else and realize it's the right number. I was going to say, what was he in the Irish? Do we know? I, I mean, I guess you can pull up the, the Betfair numbers that week. Um, I'm just was, curious. I'm pretty sure he was like 400 to one still. He was still, because I know he was 600 in the Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see here. Irish. I think it's important because I mean that that is a a massive. Um, uh, we, we normally talk about people going from like 120 to 16. You're like, okay, well that. That's uh, okay. No, no, he was 125 to one that week. Really? Yeah. On your website. Wow. That's checker. One 150 okay. was the longest he was that week. So, that but yes, I mean, so. so at the Scottish, I he, he, was, he just finished fourth, right? Though, hadn't he? he? Just finished fourth for the BMW. Yeah. So if you went what to so the BMW. I mean, there, he was deaf. That was, but that would be where he was 400 to one. Then. Yeah. I know it's recent memory. 300. Uh, I can see, yeah. see there. And that's not, I mean, on the exchange, I'm sure he was yeah. um, very deep. So it, it's one of those, like, you probably just have to, like, maybe people are just taking a little bit longer to adjust to the fact that he's actually just back playing some of his better stuff. And he's never been that consistent. All of a sudden he's had three really good results. I mean, you have to go back to COVID times for when he was like 13th, 18th, 13th, 5th and really looking like he was going to win. So, um, and even before that, kind of like second, sixth and 10th. So this is probably a really good run. And, and I, the, the 30th and the 24th in those Irish and Scottish Opens are probably better than, you know, we give him credit for. So I, I'm coming around to it. I'm I'm closer to it Monday. than I thought I was. We got, we got time, yeah. Tom. We, we, we'll get we, you there. Yeah, just just keep pressing me. I mean, I haven't got purposely haven't got someone from this kind of range because I, I can be talked into one. So it took everything in my power not to bet Ross Fisher again. Um, of course, I can't do it. I thought you might like JC Ritchie as well at the same price, but yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't, you know, he hasn't played in a while. I guess is he on live? Does he play in the live? Um, I feel like he was in a live event. Maybe, maybe, maybe rumored. Um, let's see for Ritchie last time. He's, it's just been. Yeah, he finished seventeenth in the London event. He played the first one. Um, so but there's the there's the issue then is he's missed cutting and gone seventeenth there. But 
you know, he was doing some good stuff before then. He just struck, like, I just for always sure. vividly remember him playing well at the Open Championship, not for long, but he played well and finished 40th in the end. And he was eighth in the British Masters this year as well. So, like, as much as it's not the same golf course, he obviously can play as part of the world well. So, um, yeah, I thought he was someone of interest, but I'm getting closer to this Balamaki. I feel like I can get on board with Wacky. Yeah. I, I, if I'm making one bet this week, like across all the tours, it's it's Wacky Balamaki. Um, we got to make sure Pat's on. Pat loves Sammy. Yeah. And he, he no, played. I don't think um, it's been too much convincing, will it? No, no. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's where I'm intrigued the most there. Um, so now we start to get into to your neck of the woods. A um, couple golfers here in the mid range. Um, that one young gun, I think. I think it's young. It was definitely younger than your other guy there. Um, if we yeah, have that's, two, that's not hard, is it? Yeah. Um, no, but talk us through your mid range selections here. Yeah. So Frederick Lacroix for me just really kind of stood out, and like he's a guy that we talked a little bit about at the start of the season because he was coming up and playing some good golf on the show last year. And he's another guy, if you look at the the current form and, and tour tips, he's seventh uh, for adjusted scoring. And, you know, he was second after round one and fourth after round two in Ireland and kind of fed away. But he was also tied 10th in Germany the week before and shot a 6-7 round two, 6-6 round four. So um, I think that was tied for the best of the day that final day as well. So when you look at the fact he was 24th in the Dutch Open after a slow start, like it just feels to me like he's playing some really solid golf. So although statistically he doesn't ever seem to stand out since he's come up to this level, he's I say that he's actually first in the field in strokes game approach over the last eight weeks. So 10th and 18th, uh, his last two starts. So, um, you know, that's good. And and just for the fact that we know he can contend, the only the only slight concern I have with him is I don't think did he even ever win on the Show last year, despite all that good form. But I think he did. No, no, he didn't. Um, the last oh. one he has on the Alps, I think he was like a two time winner on the Alps. Yeah. Um, so he went. I think everyone was kind of looking at him as like a oh he's going to do this kind of Matt Wallace thing where he's just going to go up and, and win on each level. And no, he was second in Portugal, fourth at Swiss Challenge, second again at the Grand Tour final. I think is the kind of thing that stood out, and he was only sort of one behind the header killer. But um, yeah, I, I think he's just been good. Like 21st in, 21st in the British Masters, 24th in the Dutch Open, 10th in the Open, 37th in the Horizon Open uh, in Ireland. And all of a sudden, apart from that little run of Formis Cups, he's just been really, really solid since coming on tour. So um, you can't just discount Formis Cups, obviously. But I think in this field, he's actually one of the more informed players. Yeah, and those irons, um, I, he hasn't lost to the field um, since the Catalonia Championship, you know, and I think that's even when he was missing those cuts, um, he was he was doing it elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, definitely intrigued there. Um, if I go by best, uh, let me see. I'll let you go into next. Let's, let's, let's talk. I mean, if you say you have a Ross Fisher problem, if you say I have a Guido problem, um, used to be an Ollie Wilson problem which is now yeah you've gotten over that one but rehab yeah I mean it's it, it's getting time that you're getting close to a Paul wearing problem it is but there just feels like there's just something to keep coming back in and, and the trouble is is that like it's just course form and no one else has it um you know he was sixth here in I think it was 2019 like we said at the top at the British Masters Bellafield um obviously a little while ago now and he was in hot form right so that's got to be considered when you think about the Nordea that's a wide open layout he's been third in Dunhill links plays well in the desert top seven in Ireland in the past like Paul Waring just has the goal for this to top it all off he is actually from Merseyside uh where the where Hillside is um whether that helps Paul Waring I don't know he's like 105 years old and it doesn't really matter where he plays but like you know, when you look at it, like ninth for the at the Volvo, twenty sixth for the International Open. I think I bet him at Sadal. Maybe when was when I bet him, or maybe I bet him at a Dutch after he played well at Sadal, but uh, when he missed the cut. But it just feels like he keeps kind of flirting with the idea of playing well and doesn't. And uh, you know, we like those guys, the guys that just keep keep just giving us something to to go by and don't not only finish it off. So uh, why bet everybody else? You know, bet everyone everyone else is when we can just bet Paul Waring. Uh, which I always like the fact they've got to clarify what year he was born in because there's like two Paul Waring's on OWGR and you think, oh God, he is uh, getting on a little bit now. Uh, Paul Waring, May 1996. I don't know who that is. Well, it's not the one you're betting. Um, it's not. This 1985, the original Paul Waring. <laughs> yes, um, the OG. He, he, he's like, he, I just feel like it's a links layout. Uh, one that he's he's played well before. It's, it's his part of the country. 
Uh, if he doesn't play well here, I may just give up on him. Sure. Sure. Um, you probably won't, but no, he'll, probably show probably he'll probably be like deep, you know, going deep on like early Saturday morning. And then it's enough for us to. You know what he'll do? He'll be like top well. 10 off the tee, like, and I'll just go, oh, you know, the rest of it will come together eventually. And, and it won't, you know, his irons will still be mediocre. But again, Paul wearing fourth in this field over the last eight weeks in straight skin approach. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's shown life, like, you know, respective of everything going on. If I talk about life, though, and you talk about form, um, unfortunately, Bio Kim has withdrawn uh, from the field. But in similar esque type of betting. We talked about the challenge tour guys getting some opportunities this week. Um, the one that is top of my list is Jens Dantorp. And um, it, it's, it's really been on my list since the challenge day España when he won that, that was one of the, um, and I was running back through, I wish I still had the numbers up, um, but it was like one of the most weather impacted events that I had seen uh, in, in like a good time. It was like a four or five stroke difference in waves. And, and like he beat his wave by like an insane amount on some of these days. Like he, he really showed out in these final 54 holes. Like he was like so much better than the rest of because he opened with a 74 in his win and then he just blitzed it the rest of the way. Um, but yeah, he's gone from that win fifth, third, third miscut 10th um, out there. Clearly to me, the best kind of informed challenge tour player and what we've seen him, you know, play DP world tour events, um, you know, for, I guess probably the 2020 we saw a good amount. 2019, he was kind of full-time on the tour um, playing. It wasn't anything, a T3 at the Scottish Open, if you kind of bring up some of the kind of links fashion in 18. Um, but yeah, I just think Jensen Antwerp is just showing enough of inform and at that number of, of what's going on in this field, I think it's it's ripe for the picking right there. I think you can get him as deep as 100 to 1 still. Um, that that for me, yeah, when I'm kind of dripping down the board a little bit, I, I'm definitely in there. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that Jen Stan Pop is like. The first argument people are going to say is that like he's a challenge tour expert and not very good when he steps up right. And that has to be considered. Like he's one on 2013, one in 2017, one in 2022. So I'm pretty comfortable that he's gone for a career of winning. Like, I like that. It's all at the lower level. But like you say, third in the Scottish Open, a very good field. Uh, Brandon Stone just played unbelievable golf to win that week. Um, third at the Nordea Masters. We just talked about that with uh, Paul Waring. You kind of get a nice open layout. That's always good. Um, 35th at Wentworth. Again, doesn't stand out as much to, to people, but that's a good thing to do in England. Like It's a prestige event. He actually got to a slow start that week. And when I looked at it, like, I always like to do this at the moment. Like I did it with Tour Hatton last week for, or two weeks ago for the Scottish, right? When I was just looking at how they play at the, the relative tour that we're talking about. So in, in this case, Dan Top is stepping up as opposed to Hatton stepping down on from the PGA Tour, right? But last five times he's played the DP World Tour, made all the cuts. Um, they haven't all been pretty. They're like 61st at the Kenya Open, 62nd at Qatar. But like, you know, Sadao, he was 23rd and he was 15th after 54 holes, shot 72 and still only finished two shots shy of, of the top 10. Um, so I feel like now you look at that and since he's finished 23rd in Sadao, he's gone first, fifth, third, third, miscut 10th on the Challenge Tour. Um you know, uh, he's been in this type of form before on the Challenge Tour and not stepped it up. But, like, it just feels like what he showed at Sadao, similar quality of field, um, good uh, good layout for him. Uh, I like where things are going for the end Yep, yep. I can definitely get behind um, all of that. I, I only have – normally I'm kind of racking up selections. With bio withdrawing, you knew I would have been betting there. Um, I only have one more um, kind of on the board as we go. I believe you have one last one under 100 to one here. And we'll talk about my long shot. We can talk a little bit through some of the other guys maybe down here too. So uh, round out your last selection here. Yes, mine was uh, Santiago Bentario, Bentario Santiago, whatever way you want to put it around. Um, the guy from Spain with three names, right? He's uh, he's just, he's he's solid and we saw it last year. We, we were quite excited about him coming on. Never really kind of took off, but like 21st at the British Masters, so third in Sadao, third at the Volvo, 16th in Ireland, which is in a good field. He is one of those guys that's been over to the States and, and not quite done it, uh, 60th in Miss Cup. But, um, you know, I just I just like it the way he's hitting the ball. You know, his ball striking numbers look good. Uh, you know, just solid. And that's everything that I really want from uh, Ben Terry. And I'm pretty sure he played... 
really well in England at some point last year. It's the Hero Open. I think he was third, and it was the week that Grant Forrest won. Yeah, never really did too much wrong, I don't think. He, he finished three shots shy, but he shot a final round 68 when he had a chance to win, and I think that's fine. So, um, you know, you look at the scores, it was kind of James Morrison shot 63 out of nowhere, Forrest shot a 66, and then 68 was pretty much the best of the rest. So, um, yeah, I, I like Santiago Bentario. I think he's fine in this level of field. I probably wouldn't be looking to play him in a regular week, but just one that feels like a maybe a slight cut above challenge tour and, you know, not going to take much winning. I thought he sort of stood out to me. Are you worried at all about his Grayson Murray situation last week? Did you see that? I did not, but go on and, and put me off. Um, no, it's, it's really no big deal. But um, there, there was a tweet by our friend Monday Q um, saying that he, um, that Grayson hit into the group ahead of him, which ended up being Santiago Tario. And awesome. didn't didn't say anything, and then Tario confronted him in the scorers table afterwards, and it ended up being like a yell, and it ended up being a yelling match, and they had to escort Grayson Murray out. Um, wow! Um, so, I mean, there's a guy you don't want to be just mucking about with. It's probably just Grayson Murray. Just let him be mad on his own, right? Um, he could probably beat himself up. So just you know, let him do his own thing. Uh, that feels like a little Maybe bit it's more fuel to the fire for you. Maybe he's coming in hot. Off, yeah, he's going to come back and just be like, look, yeah. goddamn Grayson Murray and just, yeah, make a, make a few puns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I've got on Ben Zara. You've actually made a, a more exciting development on him than, than I had planned. So uh, I, I like that. It's, it's good fuel. But I'm, I'm very intrigued about your last guy because there's always one. There's always oh, one yeah. that, that I don't know. Uh, and it normally means that you and Brad have been cooking it up and I find it out an hour later as to what you and Brad have been cooking up um, behind my back. Um, and and I'm interested to hear about this guy that isn't what I thought he was. Um, so, I mean, you've hyped him up a lot. And I mean, I tried to do, you know, my due diligence. But, uh, have you I, spoken my, to Brad about this one? or is this, is No, this just, no. I, I'm going to I'm pulling up his Patreon now because I know we crossed the line. Is he on him as well? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, it just let's feels see. like something that he would Brad. do. He's on another long shot, actually. I don't, but, but we do align um, on some PGA Tour guys. But uh, Aman Gupta is the last selection. He opened at 500s on, on DraftKings. It's been slashed. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's – like people are definitely on. And, and this is really – I mean, to, to me, like, I, I want, like, these are the guys that intrigue me the most, you know, these opportunities that, you know, these, you mentioned Chris Goddard up earlier, kind of, you, yeah. know, you know, getting the opportunities. And like, this is a really odd one. Like Aman Gupta is Oklahoma State uh, senior. So he's turned pro now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe he got into the PGA Tour. I think actually he's gotten two, um, two Corn Ferry Tour starts, posts, uh, graduating here and made the cut. I guess he got three. He's, you know, he's made the cut in both of these. He missed the cut last year when he played in one T23, T48. If I go if, to me, if I look at data golf, Scott's some amateur rankings on it, the one that I really like too is Jeff Sagarin always has some really good college ratings. He had Gupta as the 24th um, ranked golfer um, in the NCAAs just this past year. Got her up was first in that, but you look at some of the other guys that are kind of right in the mix him. Pearson Cootie, of course, kind of dominating so far um, on the Corn Ferry Tour, might be stealing himself um, a PGA Tour card already. You know, you see Travis Vick, low am, you know, at at the U.S. Open there, kind of in the same neck of woods. He was ahead of Michael Thior Bjornsson in that ranking, who finished fourth at the Travelers Championship. Uh, Ryan Hall is another name that kind of got some stop, starts in the Corn Ferry Tour, who just played well this past week. You know, these little, these young guys, you just don't, like, you don't know until you know. Yeah. I mean, somebody who was, I think, lower than him, Joe Highsmith, who got that start last week at the Barracuda. Um, you know, Highsmith has gone, lost in the playoff and then finished fourth um, in his two McKenzie Tour start. So I think you put a bunch of these guys in, in this odd range as him into Corn Ferry Tour events. I don't think they're coming back with those same results that he did, you know? And, and I mean, you have to think about one, the pedigree of what, you know, kind of Gupta, you, you have to, to get to, you know, Oklahoma state 
and B in recruiting class and be one of their best golfers. I mean, he had finishes of third and fifth, fifth in the Big 12 championship. Um, he had gotten to the semifinals um, at Bandon in the U.S. Amateur um, when he played there. He, I think he lost to um, uh, the kid that ended up winning it. Um, name slip in my head now. Um, but he was right there in the semis and he took down some big guys um, as he went through um, kind of the USAM there. So like when you get these opportunities to take a risk, especially when it was 500 to one, you know, like that was, uh, I mean, it's down to like 125 at some spots. I think the best odds, what, what's the best odds you guys got over there? 150. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at, so he defeated, if you go through that, that USAM, he beat Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett made the cut at the U.S. Open, played decent there, was up there. I mean, he beat Thor Bjornsson, and then he lost by one to Strafacci in the semis. Um, this this one is catching my eye. He was third in the NIT, which I have no idea what that was, right? But yes. Eugenio Chichara won it. Yeah. Uh, Gupta third. Cole Hammer fifth. Gotter up ninth. Travis Vick 11th. Yeah, they graded that in the um, Augusta Haskins Award where he finished fourth. That was the week after the men's NIT. They graded that one a little bit better um, on Data Golf even there too, which was in um, 21. And then the Big 12 Championship and um, that NIT, yeah, right there. Like those those were really, really good events for him. So like, again, it's just a question of you, we just haven't seen him and he's clearly got some type of amateur pedigree, you know, and, and these golfers – Especially, I mean, you just you just take shots. In my opinion, you just take the shots at the odds, and, and you hope. I mean, it does. Someone clearly tipped him, or someone got grabbed early. Yeah, 160 is the the lowest yeah. now on the state side for him. I mean, I'm still like, what, 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 when it's like 160 versus like 320. Just just say it was 320. Like, it, it really isn't that much of a of a five or a ten or a fifteen or twenty dollar. But like, you know what I mean? Like, depending on what it may be for you there. Like, I think you can find a way to get to the guy if you have the belief, if he's still triple digits like that. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those ones where, like, he probably should never have been 500 to 1. So it's like, yeah. although you're, you're disappointed if you've missed it. Like, it's not now you can't bet it because he should be 500 to 1. You're taking a flyer, right? He's probably now priced somewhat correctly and someone just made a mistake in the first instance. Because when you look at when he was 48th uh, last time out on the corn ferry, he should have found around 74 and, you know, he was playing much better before, you know, 76, 770. And, you know, another 70 gives him inside the top 25. I always like to kind of look at, like, if you throw out that one bad round, what they could have done. And I know you can't do that. It's golf. It's a four-round event. But, like, again, the, the Wichita, when he was 23rd, like, he opened 70. So he starts slow, but then goes 66, 65, 67 um, in an event that's got some really, you know, strong players in it. Talk about Vincent Norman. We talk about Pearson Cooley. We talk about Norman Jong winning that in the end. I mean, he hasn't been a strong player for a while, but he was tied with uh, Michael Kim, who was someone I was going to bet on the PJ Tour this week until he yeah. decided to go back to conference, which makes a lot of logistical sense. So, um, yeah, it, it, it now makes sense to me. Um, it, it's one of those ones where I'm probably a little bit behind on that. I just I feel like I don't seem to get into the kind of college stuff as much as I should, but. You know, we're learning very quickly. And I was thinking about this, and this is another thing I want to do. And, and interestingly, I think maybe your son can can help me out with this. Is like, every time on commentary at the moment, it's like, these guys are just coming out ready to win quicker than ever before. And I'm just going to, I'm just wondering whether if we look back at every single PJ Tour season since, let's say, 95. Let's go back to like when Mickelson and, and Tiger were winning as, you know, as rookies. How many seasons does a rookie win? Yeah. Because I reckon it's probably more than we think. And I think it'll be like rookies that you just don't remember winning. And yeah. like I know it's because Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa, you know, are winning contender majors and Matthew Wolf and it, you know, I, I get it. But like it feels like we're we're creating something that not that it doesn't exist because it is still true, but like I feel like it was probably always the case. It's just because Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and and Furyk, PJ, etc., were so dominant that like you just didn't hear about these storylines as much as you do now because it's kind of level the playoff. So I don't know. I, I could go back for fifteen years and and no one won as a rookie and and they're absolutely you know you know right to say what they say. But I feel like it was probably something that's happened before. Yeah, and and like I mean the Zalatoris run was incredible. It, it really yeah. was. And and I mean, following Ryan and following the Corn Fairy Tour, you know, as much as you like, there is somebody like that 
in some senses, like every year, like Patrick Flavin's probably that guy this year. TJ Vogel was that guy last year, you know, what I mean? yeah. like, where they set themselves up for tour cards. Now Zalatoris did it to the 10th degree that, you know, you, you couldn't get any better than that, but finding the opportunities and getting in the mix and, and doing that. Yes. They're um, and like with, with everything like going on, like that's, I, I just, I want more opportunities for, for those type of things to happen. You, and, you're and kind of shooting yourself in the foot, right? Like you would want yeah. Gupta to be in the field in the PJ Tour this week. Yeah. Like as, as much as it's great, he's over here and it helps us out. Like, yeah. why is he not playing the PJ Tour? He's just played really well on two corn three starts. Maybe he's not the yeah. one. Maybe there should be you know, people sure. ahead of him, of course. But like, you know, stories like that. I mean, like Figal has probably been one of the most polarizing like storylines of the season. And like, yeah. this was a guy that we wanted to bet two years ago when he was 400 to one and it felt like we had really limited opportunities to do it. And all of a sudden it's now too late to get those kind of fancy numbers on him. So um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's something that you've got to keep an eye on. You've got to be plugged into. Um, that's how you find him on Kutzer in, in the uh, Kazoo. What is it? Kazoo Open or Kazoo Classic? There's two. Uh, Kazoo, Kazoo Classic, Classic this week. Yeah. So don't get confused. Kazoo if, you Kazoo Open, up. if you bet the Kazoo Open, you're going to be early. Uh, yeah. So yeah, bet, bet the Kazoo Classic. Um was there anyone else for you? I mean, I'm just looking down the kind of like board and I, mean, I looked not... at Ashley, I looked at Ashley Chester's because I always look at Ashley Chester's and that's yeah. just disappointment. Um, it doesn't work out. I thought Matthew Baldwin might have been quite interesting because it's in Liverpool and it's links and that's kind of his jam. That's the uh, one that Brad's out of long shots. Yeah. Paul, there you Paul. go. So it, it, it makes sense. Like I can see the appeal to it. Um, I kind of like Josh Geary, but he's pretty short too. He's like I, so, so he was the one that like he caught my eye again when when you're talking about just current form and, and looking at who's doing well. But like when you compared him to Jens Dantop early on in terms of price and and Dantop has shown it more than Josh Geary. I mean, Geary has played some decent golf before on the on the DP World Tour. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. shot a couple of good early rounds, but like it's never been massive. Um, I, I think his sixth in Himmerland was his best finish. So that's decent. Um, and I think he was up there for a good period of time. Um, yeah. So look, he's so actually opened 69 and shot 67, 68, 67. And it was, again, just a case of Guido being very, very good. And who came second that week, Sky? Uh, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> sure, fun around 63 to come, to come second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, was... I, I think it's... I, I, it's just one of those ones where like... I could see probably 10 and 15 players winning this week that are just horrendous prices that I just couldn't get to. Like there was, there was, um, I, I used to always love that. This guy, I think his irons were showing. Uh, and he kind of is like a, if you can be a worse Ashley Chesters, maybe <laughs> like Pedro Figueredo might oh be someone. I like knew that. you were like, going to say Pedro Figueredo as soon as you said a worse Ashley Chesters. And I was looking at Pedro earlier because. Yeah, because um, he's kind of trending a little bit on the challenge yeah. for 12, 26, 50. Um, he used to be really accurate, just incredibly short off the tee and could find um, some, some irons. And um, he's like, he is the Jens Dantop without the current Jens Dantop form. Yeah. They actually both finished tied 58th in 2019 at the British Masters, but like. Interesting enough, I use Pedro Figueredo. Sometimes I like click on the leaderboard on OWGR and I'll think like, who can I rely on to click on from here that would have played in an event I want to look at two years ago? Yes. And I was like, right, so he's in the challenge tour this week. Pedro Figueredo, he would definitely have played a 2019 British Masters somehow. Went back, alas, there he was. And uh, that was his that was his only use for me this week. But uh, nice. yeah, he's a... Uh, He's he's a name. He's a guy. Um, I, I saw Ben. If we talked amateurs, Ben was back on Laird Shepard. Um, yeah, he's had a really tough go um, since winning the amateur championship, but does have that links pedigree, um, kind of in some ways, you know. So so Shepard, like from a speculative side, and his odds remained very very long um, compared to Guptas, who kind of got. Shot down a little bit. Oriel had a T10 recently. Anton Carlson, a couple of top 15s. I mean, yeah, you can just... like he's he's kind of standing out a little bit on the on the challenge tour again as well. Um, yeah. Didn't we have this debate before that Anton Carlson isn't Robert Carlson's son? I think I tried to make that connection. That it definitely isn't true. Yeah, I think um, it was declared false. Yeah, yes. that was so before. Like whenever I say things, guys fact check me not because i do things intentionally to mislead uh i'm just a little bit dumb sometimes and make things up and then anson carlson was not uh robert carlson's son but it makes sense right they're swedish and both good at golf so 
Um, that was about it. What about I Daniel wish, Hillier? Uh, what well, he came off a really good finish last week, right? Yeah, uh, seventh, seventh last seventh. week, and he had. Fifth. He's got a lot of upside. Yeah. Um, Probably coming off. I don't know. He withdrew in, in the middle there. I mean, OWGR, he's like top 20 in this field um, yeah. of, of guys. I mean, he, he definitely has. But didn't he nearly um, win a BP World Tour event just out of nowhere? Yeah, was it like the. I, I think we were like on him too. Was it the Handa, the, the Northern Ireland thing? Let's see. Yeah, finished. Daniel Gavin's won. Hillier finished third. Yeah, he shot, yes. shot fun around 70 and lost by two. So there you go. He he could have won that week. And that was Daniel Gavins, David Horsey, Canazares, Carol Morris, Smith, Hillier. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive yeah. little list. Um, and when you look, the field strength is probably quite similar to, to what we're playing here. I mean, behind him, you had Catlin, Hugo Leon, Darius Grandrill, Harding, Far. So actually, it might even have been better. Vincent Norman was there. Ben Tario was there 15th. So maybe, you know, you're talking about the people that we've kind of liked this week. Um Kind of fits the bill a little bit, maybe. Healthy plant sandwiched uh, a win between four miss five miscuts cuts um, on the challenge tour. Challenge tour has just been wild this year. Really, I mean, really tour, strange golfer at Alfie Plant. Like never seems sure. to be able to kick on from a good result. Like wins and miscuts goes away. Wins, miscut, miscut, miscut. Like I don't know what it is. Like he's, he's never quite lived up to. Because he was like he was like the top amateur, wasn't he? Or low amateur, sorry. At yeah. Twenty seventeen open. Um, yeah, it was like a really good. Yeah. Yeah, hasn't kicked off. Well, if we're talking Alfie Plant, we got to probably land the plane here. We so, have to land the plane. I, I think, think that's probably the end, isn't it? Um, I've yes. certainly had enough of talking about this event. Anyway, but all right, um, close us out. What's your card? So I've got Frederick Lefroy. Um, I don't know what pri- whatever price he is on the end there. Just you know, take that. I'm happy with that. Um, Jens Dan Tort with, with you, Sky, Santiago Bentario, and the 1985 Paul Waring. Yeah, thank you for the clarification. My dog barked also for your uh, first selection there, so maybe that is a good sign. For That's you. a great over. Um, was it Paul Lawrence, Waring, 1985? Um, no, it was Frederick LaCroix. So yeah, definitely there the we go. Um, Thurston Lawrence, 20 to 1. Again, you know, plugging our nose with some odds this week. Sean Crocker. 50 to 1. Sammy Valamaki, 50 to 1. You're putting that on Tom's card as well. Yes. That is definitely um, better the week that we have there. And then Jan's, or Jen's Dentorp for me, 100 to 1 is the longest we can get them. And then Aman Gupta uh, at 160 uh, to 1 this week. Probably get top five, top 10 um, in there with him. But yeah, I think again, the end of the day, the, the fields might be getting worse. You know, we might see some tough times between these schedules. We're showing up, Tom. We like the opportunity. We're going to find among Guptas along the way in one of these times, Tom, they're going to win this thing. The, the, the greatest thing is, is like when Amang Gupta's winning on the PJ Tour next year, we'll recall this conversation and, mm-hmm. and our producer will clip it and you at least will look really smart. As long as we clip out the bit where I said, I don't know who this guy is, then I can look smart too. So uh, right. yeah, I like it. You can bet the exacta with him and Valamaki. Uh, take go. it to the window. Good luck everybody this week and we'll catch you next.